shutting down. But, uh, so uh, Gunga will be speaking next week. Although Suresh stole his title, so uh, it's kind of confused. I'm so grateful to Gunga for. <laughs> That's my biggest fear, actually, that I'm not sincere enough to speak about this uh, weighty topic. Hare Krishna, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. And yes, uh, I was surprised. Well, actually, I knew that Ganga's father. Ganga Mantri, anyone not know who Ganga Mantri is? Okay. He's a dear devotee, part of this community. Uh, have, you been, have you been to the um, George Harrison tributes that we stage from time to time? Anyway, he's, he's the, uh, he spearheads that. So, uh, anyway, he's, Ganga is living, living the topic. He wanted to speak on it, and now he's doing even better. He's, he's living it by being with his father at the critical moment. And uh, I, so he's getting better. Well, not better, but at least. Yeah, that's how it is in hospice, right? As Bob can tell us, it's up and down. So, um, <clears throat> so I was asked to speak, and I said, "Oh, that's great! I mean, this ties right in with Thanksgiving, right? This is." And then the day before Thanksgiving, here, who was here for Thanksgiving? Anybody? Vegan, all vegan. <laughs> We're grateful, and we had a turkey that was very grateful that he was. His, the turkey's name was Thanksgiving, <laughs> because he was bred to be the Thanksgiving dinner this year. But then they got so attached; their owners got so attached to this bird, they they couldn't conceive of eating him, right? So they they gave him the name. Well, they already had given him the name, and so the turkey, when he was strutting before us. Um, he looked like he was so happy to be here instead of being on someone's plate. <laughs> Donna, are you translating for Uma? Um, I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so so on uh, Thanksgiving Eve, uh, Sandamani asked me if I would go speak at this place. Every year there's a group that they have a Thanksgiving Eve get-together and they, from all the different faith traditions, and, and they just share how they give thanks in their tradition. And it was great because to show how they give thanks, some people were singing, some people were dancing, some people were just reciting mantras uh, in unison, and some people were playing instruments I did all of that <laughs> in, in one because that's what we have here. We have such a, a rich culture. We basically, we give thanks through sacred songs, sacred food, sacred wisdom. So I, we were only allowed to give to three minutes, interestingly. <laughs> so I had to pack three minutes of gratitude. But it was fun and it kind of prepared me to speak tonight. Um, Thanksgiving, that's the essence of, uh, the title is A Grateful Heart. That's what Ganga was going to speak on, what it means, a grateful heart. So that's what we have to have to give thanks. And um, so let me just, I'm going to throw this right back at you. 
why what are what are you most grateful for that's a tough one huh because you're probably grateful for a lot of things because to be grateful you've got to be conscious i mean to not be grateful you got to be unconscious right because we're alive aren't we grateful we're alive there was a famous baseball player in the 1950s and now i'm dating myself his name was roy campanella does anybody ring a bell okay so what happened to roy in the 19, in 1957 do you remember what happened to Roy on the off-season in January? He got in a car accident, and he came out of it uh, paralyzed in a wheelchair. He was an all-star catcher for the old Brooklyn Dodgers. But he wrote a book after he had this near-fatal accident, and the book was called It's Good to Be Alive. You remember that? It's Good to Be Alive. And he was f famous. He was like a goodwill ambassador. It, it changed his whole life, naturally. He couldn't play baseball anymore, but he just became this ambassador of, of gratitude and, and happiness and joy. So, um, anyone like to share what they're grateful for? I mean, something that you're really grateful for. And it could be, maybe you're grateful for sweet rice. I don't know, but... <laughs> Bob. Good friends. Good friends. It's rare. When I was in junior high school, my gym teachers were Brian Kelly and Chaz Miller. They were strange guys. But and Chaz, one day he said, he said, uh, and we could relate to this because we all thought we were happy, you know, just kids. We had plenty of friends, you know. But he said one day, guys. If you can come out of life with even one good friend, your life is a success. Mm. Someone who you can really, really, really mm. confide in. Yeah. Mm. And the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna says, Suridang Sarva Bhutanam. That means I'm the friend of all living entities. Well, think about it. He's right in our hearts, closer than our heartbeat, closer than our lungs. He's right next to us in the region of the heart, the Vedas describe, just waiting for us to turn to him. We've run away so long. Like Krishna, he just doesn't hold it against us. I, I understand. You don't want to be with me now. But, you know, it's like a parent, right? The, maybe the child will run away. But the good parent will always keep an open door. You know that I love you whenever you're ready. Right? To have a relationship again, I'm here for you. So that's Krishna. Life after life after life after life. He's just there. So let's, since there weren't a lot of takers, anybody want to say something that they're grateful for? I'm grateful to have a soul. Grateful to have a soul. Yeah. Grateful to be a soul. Be a soul. <laughs> Circumstantially, we have a body. <laughs> But, uh, and we have a spiritual body too, but it's now covered by foolish desire. Krista says in the Gita, this is the original sin verse, I call it. It's Chadvesha Sabutena Vanvamohena Bharatam Sarvabhutani Sangmoham Sargayanti Parantapa. O sign of Bharat, O descendant of Bharat. Uh, all living entities are born into delusion. We've come here with a, a fantasy. Are born into delusion, overcome by the dualities of desire and hate. 
we want to be the supreme, the center, or at least we're acting that way. And we resent who really is supreme. I always call this the original schizophrenia. So, uh, but Krishna doesn't hold it. He doesn't hold a grudge, even though we, you know, deny him for even if even if we say we're religious, you know, we we constantly are uh, in denial of our real, long lost, deep uh, relationship with Krishna. We think we can be happy here, acting out our fantasies to be the center. Let's look at how Krishna is grateful. There's actually this is a book called Nectar of Devotion. Is it on sale? No, it is. We have it. Good. This is the art and science of recovering our long-lost relationship with the person who's in our hearts and will never give up on us. That's a friend. So there's a chapter called Qualities of Sri Krishna. This is just a little example of how rich Krishna culture is. Where can you read about the qualities of the Supreme Being? Well... Here's one shastra called Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which means the ocean of uh, serving, the ocean of the, the tastes, the divine tastes of serving Krishna. So one chapter is called Qualities of Sri Krishna. Our Prabhupada has rendered this as nectar of devotion. It's given a summary study. Quality 17, grateful. Where does this idea of gratitude come from? It comes from the source of all. It's in the source, therefore it's in, it's in the emanations. Grateful. Any person who is conscious of his friend's beneficent activities and never forgets his service is called grateful. So say we have somebody who's, who's just always wishing us well, doing us well, and we're so grateful for a friend like that. In the Mahabharat, Krishna says, when I was away from Draupadi, she cried with the words, Hey, Govinda, this call for me has put me in her debt, and that indebtedness is gradually increasing in my heart. This statement by Krishna gives evidence of how one can please the Supreme Lord simply by addressing him. Hey, Krishna, hey, Govinda. So the situation was, it's a long story, but uh, Draupadi is, uh, was the queen of the good guys, uh, the Pandavas, in the Kurukshetra War, which uh, is the setting for Bhagavad Gita. Um, but before that war, this is actually the event that precipitated the war. The bad guys, the Kauravas, uh, they wanted to shame the Pandava's wife, so they, they took her forcibly, and they were trying to disrobe her in a public assembly, strip her naked, and Draupadi, she was strong, and she was, uh, you know, very self-possessed. She wasn't going to be pushed around by any thugs or whatever. But she was being forced, being manhandled by a, a, a very powerful warrior. There was no question on the material platform of, of her protecting herself. So she was trying to keep her cloth on, you know, in the in the assembly. But she realized it was hopeless. She couldn't do it on her own because there's this powerful warrior just you know, taking the, the, the cloth off. So she finally just threw up her arms and, hey, Govinda, hey, Krishna. Now, Krishna, he, he could not refuse that, that pitiful cry. He was, he was so appreciative. That's another word similar to thanks and gratitude is appreciation. 
So he personally, invisibly, he was there, but he wasn't seen uh, by material eyes, especially the, you know, the bad guys. So he incarnated as unlimited cloth. So the more this guy, Dushashan, was pulling off her, her cloth, the more Krishna was, he was, the sari became endless. It was an endless piece of cloth. And, and as much as this guy tried, this bad guy tried to pull off her cloth, he couldn't do it. And he became exhausted. So he gave up. So Krishna saved her and protected her. And here's another one. The Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, is also simply an address to the Lord and His energy. When we're chanting Hare Krishna, whether we're singing it or we're reciting it in our beads, it's an expression of deep gratitude and not only a sentiment of gratitude, but it's a call for a service. Oh Radha, oh Krishna, you're so wonderful. Uh, I want to serve you. Please take me back to your service. So that's an expression of gratitude. Is also simply an address to the Lord and his energy. So to anyone who is constantly engaged in addressing the Lord and his energy, we can imagine how much the Supreme Lord is obliged. Just like we've all had the experience of somebody calling our name, you know, in praise, and, and, and or, or just calling so you hear your name, right? Oh, somebody wants to see me. or So you want to go to that person who's interested in you or, or something came up. So in bhakti yoga, this is, the, this is the essential yoga. This is the essential discipline we practice uh, to always keep the holy name adorning our lips are, are never far away. And at least in the morning and the evening, we, we uh, practice sadhana which means hearing and chanting Krishna's glories. We can imagine how much the Supreme Lord is obliged. It is impossible for Lord, the Lord to ever forget such a devotee. So if somebody's always thinking of someone, then that person who is being thought of feels, oh, uh, this person is so, uh, so sweet, I have, to do, I have to do something for this person. I want to reciprocate. It is clearly stated in this verse that anyone who addresses the Lord immediately attracts the attention of the Lord, who always remains obliged to him. So again, that's what we're doing in Bhakti Yoga. We're practicing constantly remembering Krishna through in basically nine ways. Hearing, chanting, remembering, worshiping, praying, uh, serving the Lord hand and foot, surrendering everything. There's so many different processes of bhakti. Here's another example. Another instance of Krishna's feeling of obligation is stated in connection with his dealings with Jambavan, interesting species. You don't see this species on planet Earth right now. He was, uh, he's called Riksharaj, which means literally king of the bears. But he wasn't exactly a bear like, you know, Smokey the Bear. Yeah. He wasn't exactly like that. And he, and he was between a bear and a monkey. Riksharaj. It's like a super, it's a superhuman species, actually. It's not, uh, he's above a human. Bigfoot. Bigfoot, right? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so, when the Lord was present as Lord Ramachandra, Jambavan, the great king of the monkeys, rendered very faithful service to him. When the Lord again appeared as Lord Krishna, he, uh, Krishna married Jambavan's daughter. He had a, he had a beautiful human-like uh, daughter and Krishna 
and he offered his daughter to Krishna, and so Krishna reciprocated by marrying her, and she was Jambavati. He married Jambavan's daughter and paid him, Jambavan, all the respect that is usually given to superiors. Any honest person is obliged to his friend if some service has been rendered unto him. Since Krishna is the supreme honest personality, how can he forget an obligation to his servitor? So this is one of Krishna's amazing glories. He's the unlimited, infinite, inconceivable, absolute truth, supreme being, etc., etc. But if any any living entity, he's got he's expanded himself as on countless living entities, and if even one tiny living entity does even one little thing uh, for Krishna, then Krishna thinks that's very significant. He's a very uh, grateful, obliging person. But now I want to turn the conversation to... So as part and parcel of Krishna, that's what we hear in the Bhagavad Gita, that we're, part, we're a little sample Krishnas, but we're not the unlimited supreme, we're the tiny parts and parcels. So as part and parcel of Krishna, being grateful should come natural to us. But what would cause us to be ungrateful? It's natural. It's natural to the soul. It's it's a quality of the soul, gratitude. It belongs to the soul proper. But sometimes we don't feel grateful. We might feel resentful. Why? We don't get what we want. And what basically have we come to the material world to get? Money. <laughs> Why? You can't take it with you. <laughs> what? Yeah, we've come here to act out our fantasy of, of being the Supreme in, in pathetic, pitiful ways. Right? The Supreme whatever, you know. And if we can't be the supreme, if I can't be the most famous, I'll be the most infamous, right? I'll, I'll, I'll do a mass shooting. I'll be an active shooter and, and blow away, you know, 100 people, and that's and they'll remember me, you know. If we can't be the... We want to be the most. Therefore, Prabhupada once put one of us in his place when the devotee said, I'm the most fallen, Prabhupada. And, the, and Prabhupada said, you're not the most of anything, right? Because then we want to get some kind of... Adoration, distinction, profit out of our existence. Misunderstanding who we are. We're not, we don't belong in this place. We're strangers in a strange land, and the purpose of life is to come home and give up these, you know, these delusions of grandeur. In the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 13, text 8 through 12, there's 20, 19 items of knowledge listed by Krishna, what real knowledge is. And the first item is humility. <laughs> to realize who I am. I'm, I'm an existentially, I'm, I'm the tiny part and parcel of the Supreme. But that's okay. That's, in fact, that's glorious because Krishna is grateful for whatever little we do for him. So what, yeah, that's basic. That's the underlying cause of our resentfulness, you know. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, here's a, here's a nice cure for that kind of misunderstanding. It's a, it's a verse that I sang at this church, the Lutheran church up on uh, 
northeast, where is it? It was um, just off uh, Swan Sunrise, some, or somewhere way up there. There's a very nice church. And Pastor John Lilly, he hosted this Thanksgiving Eve conference. So in my three minutes of present presentation, I, 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 did, I had an app. I had an app of a tambora playing. <laughs> I should have brought it. It's right in my room. I just pushed, I just pressed play, and then they heard a tambora in the background. While I sang, the verse that Prabhupada said should be the guide, the motto of our lives. Tate no kampam susamikshimano bunjana evat pakritam vipakam Ridvag vapur bhir vididham namaste jiveteo muktipade sadayabhag. It's kind of, kind of a long uh, translation, but the essence of it is the attitude of gratitude is what gets us back home. Whether something apparently good happens or bad happens, we see it all as the mercy of the Lord. So, the, so that, here's how that unpacks. So in the, in the verse, the devotee's saying, Oh, my Lord, you're so kind. Something, fortune just uh, happened. I don't deserve that. I, don't, I know I don't deserve that. But you're so kind, you're giving me this anyway. So let me use whatever you give me in your service. And then the real test is when the bad stuff happens, right? And if we're really grateful, we see everything as Krishna's mercy. We don't shake our fist to the sky, but we say, you know, I know who I am and what I've done. And I know actually much worse was due to befall me, but you kindly minimize that consequence, that karma, that reaction. So let me carry on serving you anyway and uh, maintain that attitude of gratitude. So that's the ticket back home, back to Godhead. So again, how does Bhakti Yoga, Krishna Consciousness, cure ingratitude? Through sacred wisdom, just by the soul getting uncovered, getting free of the material connection, which causes so much misunderstanding. <coughs> we can be cured of our misunderstandings, our resentments. Sacred food. Yeah, I, I brought 39 cookies to that Thanksgiving Eve. And I knew if, they, if it was too much too fast for what I was saying and doing, that the cookies would do the job. Later, because <laughs> Prasad, as you all, who has not eaten our food? Okay, no. Any first timers here? Okay, so you know the magic of blessed food, blessed by Krishna. It uh, it just prepares our consciousness to receive more mercy. Sacred song, oh, sacred food, and sacred song, and that's what we're all about to do. So, um, I have a long way to go to realize gratitude, but thank you, Ganga Mati Prabhu, for showing gratitude, not just speaking about it, and giving me a chance to realize more what it is. Anybody have any questions or comments? We actually have a few minutes left here, but that's all I have to say. Gratitude, such a deep subject, huh?
what can you do to lessen your be more uh, you know gracious grateful, grateful. For, yeah grateful and not be so you know why don't I have this why are these bad yeah. things happening to me yeah how do you cultivate that yeah well that's sort of all baked into the bhakti process but it's the, the 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 mood of what I was reading here was when Prabhupada was saying, "How could you not? How could we not?" Like that. So it, it's it's just a matter of being conscious. You know what do they say? Mindful. That's the buzzword these days. So if if we're if we're just aware that everything is a gift. Wow, my very existence is a gift. So everything else is just details. <laughs> if I realize that I owe my very existence to the supreme existence, if the sunshine, take for the sake of analogy, is aware that it's coming from the sun, how could the sunshine not be grateful for the sun? It's, it's coming from the sun. So we're all coming from Krishna. Eko bahusyam, the Upanishad says, to increase his pleasure, the absolute truth, the source of all, source of all energies, expands. Eko, the one, bahu, many, siam, becomes. So, uh, crude analogy is why do uh, parents have more kids? Well, they, <laughs> in, a, in a perfect world, <laughs> to, uh, to expand their pleasure. <laughs> Why do, yeah, why, why do parents have kids? Because they want to um, enjoy the reciprocation with their, with their children. So we're all children of God, as the saying goes. And, but we have such a great spiritual father, as Krishna. He's nobody greater. So it's just a matter of becoming conscious. And then whatever happens, whatever befalls us, if it's bad, apparently bad, it's nothing in the grand scheme of things. It's all a matter of becoming aware of reality, is that existence is eternal. It's endless future, endless past, and, uh, and that we're here for a reason, those of us who have come to the material world, to learn some lessons. And the first lesson is that Krishna is great. Allah Akbar, God is great. Adonai, Elohim. I was hearing all these different names of God at the interfaith Thanksgiving. And the best, the best presenter, not to digress, but the best presenter was a lady from the Jewish faith who was singing like an opera. I mean, that's how it sounded. It wasn't an opera. It was just a prayer. But her voice was just filling this cavernous Lutheran church. I didn't know what she was saying. It was Hebrew. But it was clearly... Uh, communicated that she was giving thanks to God. And that was very powerful. Without mentioning what had just happened at a Pittsburgh synagogue a few weeks earlier, or the Holocaust, or any of that, she was just expressing her uh, deep, deep gratitude, appreciation uh, to the Lord. That's, that's communicated in the sound of her voice, without knowing a word of Hebrew. <laughs> It's just a matter of waking up <laughs> to who we are and why we're here, who we are, why we're here, what, what the purpose of, you know, the who, what, when, where, why, how, and journalism. 
carry that to the ultimate point of the absolute truth. And everything is very easily understood. That's the best I can do for the moment. <laughs> so is uh, dualism a gift too? Dualism, meaning, there's uh, different meanings to I'm that. I'm saying this correctly, please correct me. The Kumbha Mela, Mela Kumbha? Kumbha Mela in India? Yeah. Yeah. So, so <coughs> just like we've learned that it's, it's, the earth wasn't made, made to be populated by millions of people in one spot, so a religious festival like that where 100,000 tons of excrement I think we can talk about this after the program. I'm just saying a dualism is it a gift? Dualism is Christ, I just sang the verse, the how I fell verse, the original delusion. Krista says all living beings are prone into delusion, overcome by the dualities of desire and hate. This really, it's reality is only is really only about the source and the and the energy is coming from the source. That's that's reality. That, that's the oneness. And then there's a variety within that oneness. But we've all come here because we've misused our free will, and therefore we're seeing this is good, this is bad. We're not seeing the grand, the big picture, le grand tableau. We're not seeing how when something good appears to be happening, it's only a result of some relatively pious act and now it's been the consequences being uh, come to fruition, it's being enjoyed or if somebody's really suffering, they're simply reaping the consequence of some bad action so devotees people who are God conscious whatever tradition, they don't see duality, they see thy will be done, they see Krishna, they see his justice and they see his mercy at the Kumbh Mela, or in a church, or in Govindas, or whatever is happening, they see what they know the whys. They're not bewildered. So, okay, that's a big topic. But right now we're going to offer gratitude, thanks to Krishna, through sacred song. Thanks for coming. Happy Thanksgiving weekend and enjoy your feast. Well, he made me happy. Do I have clothes on? <laughs>